I like to write about stuff, you know, for me, when I write stuff, I like to uh, put it, disguise it as, uh, describe it to as nature. And then there's a, there's a, there's a relationship, a metaphor I'm making to something else in life. Mm-hmm. But, um, so a lot of nature themes, you know, and I like writing about the rain and the wind and snow and the mountains and the rivers and the tides and the currents, all that stuff that makes the world go around, you know, the moon, sun, stars, and all that good stuff. And, and as part of that theme, it seems like a lot of it is encouraging and uplifting. Always. And that's yeah. one of the things that is really, I think, attracts a lot of a lot of folks to the band um, because of that. I think that's a, a key. Listen to the vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes. And this is a first for me. I've got a whole band here with me, and they're a reggae band out of North Carolina called Chalwa. So uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then we'll get into a great conversation. So who wants to start? I guess I'll start here. Um, I'm Nathali. I play percussion and melodica. Okay. I'm Jason. I play saxophone. I'm D Train. I play bass. I'm Dennis. I play guitar and sing. I'm Josh. I play drums. I'm Bernard. I play keyboards and sometimes bananas. And I'm Jay. And I do all the production and sound engineer and all that stuff. All right. So, why reggae all the way out there in North Carolina? Uh, why not? <laughs> hey, I, I hear you. That's, uh, we just, you know, play from our inspirations. And, you know, we're really inspired by the Roots Reggae. Mm-hmm. And this has kind of led us to meet one another and play music with one another. But right. we, we, I mean, it's definitely our interpretation of reggae. It's, it's you know, there's an authentic sound that comes from the islands that we're just doing our best to kind of interpret, playing from our hearts, adding what we can add. Gotcha. I also noticed that y'all were inspired by the Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I I saw the dead quite a bit, and so I'm big into the jam and all the, you know, improv and stuff like that. I've always been big into that, and so recording that and getting that, you know, one-time experience on, uh, well, not tape now, just on (laughs) digital media, you know, you uh it's fun. Uh, you know, it always gives you something new, something 
something different each time. I think we're kind of in the perfect spot, even ge geographically, to kind of have that clash of the mountain jam band scene with the mountain reggae scene, because, you know, we feel like the mountains here are very similar to the mountains back in Jamaica. And we kind of inspire or take from from both areas and combine them. And I was reading a, a little bit about your history and I noticed, I guess, the pandemic hit and things kind of changed and y'all did something different. Um, can you talk about the radio station? Yeah, I think a lot of bands, they had a big impact uh, negatively from when 2020 came, but we kind of just decided this was our tribe and we had been recording in the studio and doing multi-camera live feeds for a while before the pandemic. So when that hit, we kind of just took it a step further and I, we grew as a band and wrote more music and just stuck together through all that time. So I think that was kind of a crucial period for us to continue to grow that and our online show presence. And then that all evolved into using all of Jay's recordings uh, to create a radio station. So kind of like the dead and Jay's inspiration from that, we track everything that we do, whether it's a live show or a studio session. It's kind of our mission to build a massive archive of music. Uh, one of the biggest ones of our time, if we can do it, because we feel like every time we play a song, it's different and unique. And we just want to capture that along the way. So we launched a radio station on YouTube with hundreds and hundreds of tracks, uh, different variations of them to where you can tune in 24 seven and kind of explore the past few years of us as a band. Cool um, visuals too. Yeah, Jay yeah. does a lot of the video and uh, audio visuals and yeah. And sometimes there, there, sometimes there'll be a, a product, you know, old show that we're doing a replay for one of our live streams. Right. Um, there's all kinds of entertainment there. <laughs> New Roots Radio, big up New Roots Radio. That's right. I know one of the videos that I watched, it was really psychedelic. And, uh, I, yeah. I, you know, I've listened to stuff like Bob Marley and, and Eddie Grant, that, that kind of thing. And it's I, 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 uh, I have to say, y'all don't sound like all those bands. You have a, a different sound about you. And, and, uh, even my wife kind of stopped and was like, what, what are you listening to? Uh, <laughs> We do have a unique sound. We've kind of really all our diverse uh, influences, you know, really came together and uh, kind of created this unique sound. You know, like I said, the the roots in the reggae beat and uh, feel, but all our other influences coming from many different styles of music has kind of just incorporated on top of it and created kind of this new feel that we've we've always felt kind of was our unique sound, but uh, still, you know, familiar enough to relate it to reggae or rock or, you know, the jam band scene. So it's kind of cool. We can cross through all those different barriers like that, too. And I noticed that y'all have uh, played along with some pretty uh, big bands as far as the reggae world goes. I can you talk about that. Uh, well, yeah, we we're just blessed that we're in an area where we have big acts come through and we're lucky when they want to have a local band open up for them, we get that opportunity. Um, doing the Whalers not too long ago was a nice opportunity. Um, in the past, we've had Steel Pulse. We worked with Pato Bonton a good bit. Um, he's been living in the States now for a, a good while. When he first came, we got to work with him and, um, Culture, Midnight. Midnight. Well, what a great or, idea. Uh, Kai Becca, yeah. 
Um, yeah, culture. Um, Luciano. Yeah. Luciano's a magnificent musician, Grammy um, nominee. Um, but yeah, you know, Soulja actually just won the Grammy. We got to work with Soulja back when they were um, still up and coming. Um, but I don't know if you heard them. They're, I think, from Virginia. Um, hmm. But that's another, you know, American reggae band that's in the scene playing a different kind of version than what, you know, you might have traditionally have heard. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. And do y'all get to, to travel across the country? Uh, through through the virtual world, yeah. <laughs> the virtual. No, we, we do more virtual touring than uh, but we play in like different towns around North Carolina. Sometimes outside of state, we can get there. Um, you know, a lot of times it's uh just easier. We've got a like a residency. Yeah, we've been Sundays. doing reggae Sundays for years at the local breweries that they have. There's so many breweries where we're at in Nashville. So we've been at a couple of them for different, you know, periods of time. But really, for over the past 12 years or more, we've been doing reggae Sundays. And also every Tuesday, we come here in the studio. So both those now we live stream, which helps us you know, reach a bigger audience. And then we do go, you know, we get invited to do weddings and different private functions. There's certain festivals that come through the area we'll be a part of from time to time. The um, band has traveled in the past, uh, you know, gone out. Colorado and down to Jamaica, uh, but we just kind of took a different approach, trying to apply new rules to the to the internet and seeing if we can take ourselves places uh, through those streams um, versus the logistics of having such a big band with maybe not quite the infrastructure built to to hit the road. And I feel like you know a lot of us are family men. We we try and stay in the area most most of the time, but then still figuring out how to bridge that gap of how do we reach audiences all over the globe uh, what's that like being a, a a family man and and i mean you're you're out playing every weekend i mean how how's the family are they real supportive of that it comes and goes <laughs> life is a balancing act yeah. <laughs> they're all very supportive but it's a uh, very hard to balance um, it's, it's a lot of work <laughs> that's right and it's uh yeah we it's a it's a balance that it's that we always try to uh find and uh work towards and because uh, it's um nice to be able to give back to the world uh and then still have the family life and have a a great home to come to home, come home to so yeah. yeah and and how many albums do y'all have out four four five five and like tons of the other recordings and stuff but uh we do have five actual discs studio uh, cds two, two studio cds that we actually did in the studio and 
you know. And then we have the lost COVID archives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll probably get back to releasing main releases. Um, But for the past few years here, we've really just focused on how do we, what do we do with all this material? We're recording constantly. How do we, you know, get that out into the world as well and find that balance? Uh, luckily, Dennis writes really good songs and lots of songs, and so that keeps us, uh, you know, fresh all the time. You know, when he brings in a new song, and uh, our repertoire has to be big because we play so many of the same venues and stuff like that. You know, we don't want to play the same set each time, and so, and also our other guitarist isn't with us today, but uh, he has a few songs that he's written. You know, so that adds also to our repertoire too, and uh, that that really broadens the thing. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we've got a lot of these songs that we just never know how they're going to come out. And like like we say, sometimes I'll be riding around listening and to the radio station. I can't even believe that you know it's us that did this. I'm like going, wow, you know, or you'll forget, and you're like, man, we we have such an, an archives. We have songs not even finished yet that you know got started on that we can just go back to, just pull out and pretty much. Yeah, we have, but we're uh, so busy making new stuff, yeah. you know, why go back? <laughs> Opposite problem of most bands. Most bands are trying to always come up with new material for albums, mm-hmm. and we actually have a lot of like really valid material. That's hard to pick through because we play them so often. They're always evolving and changing um, that sometimes it's hard as a songwriter and with a band to sit down and pick like out of like right now. We probably have 20 songs that we record right now, like just go because we've played them so many times or, you know, they're our babies. Uh, so I think sometimes having too much music can almost feel overwhelming. It's like, where do you start? Where do you how do you group these songs into a little you know things that make sense as a unit as an album um but it's a nice problem yeah, to have it's a nice problem to have you yeah, <laughs> right. look forward to some new music coming out so we have we have so much and we shouldn't sleep on it too long yeah basically at this point we need to pick through our archives and pick our favorite versions of songs we've recorded pretty much already so it's like the legwork has been done on the recording process we just have to go through and and comb through those favorite versions because every version is different we play it different every time different energy depending on the space and the crowd and i think that's where we're kind of saying it gets hard to to condense all that down into just your normal album so we we focused on releasing a radio station with everything available (laughs) and now we're going to go back to getting and it makes choices for you you know what i mean so you don't have to decide on which song it is and and uh, sometimes it'll really surprise you. It's like, oh wow! All those are live takes. So that's what I love about the radio station. All that's there's. It's not like you know overdubs and anything with that. They're, they're all live takes on that radio station. From either a live venue or done live in here when we did, uh, you know, a broadcast and all that. Well, so everything's spontaneous improv. Everything is in the moment. And uh, you, you hear the, the different notes. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> different. Well, I think we're all we're all uh, I think everyone here is like really um, talented at what they do musically. Um, and there's a lot of people out there that play instruments in a phenomenal way that none of us could probably get to. But I think what we have individually is the the emotional aspect that we put into our music. That that's hard to achieve. You can't get taught how to put your emotion into your music. But then when we all come together and all that different emotion and all that different energy comes together, 
depending on the day, it's going to be different. So we just go with that. And then the music comes out according to how that energy is making us respond. And to kind of get back to your question about the Grateful Dead, I feel like they they not only started that whole movement. Um, I grew up listening to the Dead, never saw them live. Only had two albums, but I had boxes and boxes of live bootleg shows, you know, that I, I just listened to. Um, and then years later, go back and listen to the albums and just hear the nuances in, in the songs and the different craftsmanship. Um, but I think we can all relate that we really kind of come with energy and emotion. And we can play a top-notch show that we don't miss a note, but it's just lacking that. Uh, so we always try to give it the extra, you know, vibe. Was there a love for reggae when y'all were younger, or did it just kind of stem from something else? Josh pretty much grew up in reggae. He, uh, his, reggae. Yeah, his father was a reggae artist, and so he pretty much spent his whole time there. So, yes, I'm Josh came out playing He's playing reggae for sure growing up. So that's all I've all I've done focused on and um. And was lucky to meet these guys that want to play it, the same thing. So, I think absolutely. we all fell in love with it at different points in our life, no doubt. And that's what brought us together. I grew up in the area personally and moved out of the area and started getting into reggae music with my music growing. And then I, when I moved back here, I heard about this reggae band that played at a brewery every weekend. I was like, I want to be in that band. And <laughs> you know, I think we all kind of have our own story along the same lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> having the Bernard kind of too. <laughs> I learned a lot of reggae through meeting this band um, 18 years ago, I would say, is when I first uh, started uh, diving into reggae and reggae lifestyle and everything reggae. And that's when I met uh, this guy and that guy. And <laughs> I've been following them. And I learned a lot through them and listening and going to the shows and then being incorporated into the band um, years later and uh, getting to bring my own vibe to it. And, they got to go to Jamaica. Yeah. And I got to go to Jamaica with him and play at Peter Tosh's, uh, at Peter Tosh's house and um, all over the grill side of Jamaica, the West End. And uh, that's kind of my story behind reggae. I, I'm going to tell his story too, because I, I feel like it's really special. Can um, I tell it? You can, and you can tell it to all of our friends. <laughs> I want to hear every version. <laughs> so I met D-Train uh, working at an uh, organic food store uh, years and years and years ago. He's still there. And um, and we met up, and he had met some other guys in the band that were working there. And I think before that, he'd started to get into the reggae scene. But when I met him, we just, like, really clicked, not only on on reggae, but just, like, pop culture in the 80s, like, you know, Star Wars, all that stuff, just really had a connection. And so D-Train would come to all of our shows. I used to be the bass player for years, started the band on bass for years. And he, he uh, you know, trained cellists, so he has it in him and played guitar growing up and all that stuff and was in bands. But used to be, like, our number one supporter. He'd be at our shows before we got there, um, helping us load in all our gear, load our gear out, always wearing a chow washer, just, like, number one fan. And then before I knew it, all of a sudden, he, he stole my job as the bass player, and he's in the band full-time. And I, it's just awesome to see that transition, you know? I'm free him to play guitar, so it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so you were, you were a stalker. 
Uh, yeah, I'm a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> well, say I I don't know a whole lot about reggae. Um, of course, I mean, who doesn't know Bob Marley? And um, I think my first introduction was uh, Eddie Grant, and I think I was probably 12 years old at that point. And um, of course, you had bands like The Police, who had a kind of a reggae style and a few uh, other bands you know um but i mean i listen to y'all stuff and even though i don't know a whole lot i could still tell there's a difference between y'all and everybody else and uh, i mean how in the world do you do you come up with something different than what everybody else is doing i think we just um in each of our own way we pray we stay true to who we are as a person and that comes through through our instruments Mm -hmm. Um, because we all have a similar but different background with the love of music and you could say genres of music and Mm -hmm. the foundation that we click on is reggae and through chawa in essence in itself no matter who was here at what time frame we all came together through our love uh, this connected love of this music and but we have our own style and background that is we could find similarities but each are different because I like I I was a big Blink-182 fan and Green Day which he liked Green Day but yeah, I, mean, I also I love like Aerosmith and classic rock which he likes classic rock he's um, Prague too and Prague but Prague right, relates to this guy but jam band relates to this one and this one and oh, reggae and reggae yeah, and pretty reggae much and reggae. Yeah, reggae. Yeah, I got yeah. jazz blues background a little jazz bit blues we're, jazz blues. Blues. we're three classically trained him and i both had the same uh college uh, uh professor in uh at unca for music um but I also think- dennis has also encouraged the band to support one another in let let everybody be free with whatever musical expression they might uh, engage in exactly. at the spur yeah. of the moment. There's no most stepping the, on toes. Yeah, yeah, most of the yeah. time it works really it's well. Not. I mean, there's always the occasional oh, that didn't quite fit real well, but whatever. You know, it it's it just it, it it inspires folks to just keep pressing on and and be creative. And to add to that in the D train at times, there'll be three of us soloing at the same time, but we're still listening to each other. Yeah, so exactly. There's no stepping on toes. And then just like D-Train saying, I think we're all kind of here to create. We're not trying to recreate anything. And I think that's what goes wrong with a lot of music, especially kind of the American reggae going on right now. It all filtered through the West Coast, got kind of that that sublime vibe to it. And everyone's replicating that to their best ability, putting their own twist, no doubt. But I think just all of us pulling from the roots, whether it's Jamaican roots or our own personal experiences to, to create and not recreate. Like I said, we're lucky that we have a guy that can write really good songs that oh, yeah. make it easy for them to do what they do, and which in terms of makes it easy for me to do what I do, because I can't play an instrument, believe it or not, so I have to have a band to do what I do, and luckily we've all, most of us have been working together for 12, 13 years, uh, a few of them have been in for well over five years now, and uh so they told we all kind of speak in a musical language when we're all out there, you know, because even the stuff I do out front in the front of the house, you know, interprets what they're doing on stage. Mm-hmm. So we all kind of 
go on that journey together when we do take off in a jam. Like we're not really scared to jump off the limb and fly, you know what I mean? So we can take it out there and really take you on a musical journey that's really oh, unique yeah. uh, experience, you know. And so that's, I mean, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's really awesome on my end to be able to get to experience that. And it makes each recording unique. And so it makes me look forward to coming in and sitting down and remixing the show. And uh, God, like I said, I've been multi-tracking them for it's so many years. It's reciprocal too, because he makes it sound so good. You want to play so well because it sounds so good. So, and then the beauty of having Jay all the time, I mean, he is our sound. So whether we're here in his studio or out live, it's hard to tell the difference between us. So we can even mix in live tracks on a studio album and you can't really tell a difference. You've just, gotten, you've just gotten, you know, we've gotten used to to playing in those settings. I haven't. Whenever Jay's not there, I feel like we're missing our like most oh, yeah. important person. <laughs> well, I was saying I was used to it when he's there. And I'm really <laughs> Now, uh, this is a question that I'm I'm hoping that each one individually can answer. Um, the reason why I, I started doing this particular show was uh, to try to help inspire and motivate people because, you know, there's enough negativity out in the world. Let's bring some positivity in here. People sometimes don't want to chase their dreams because they're, they're afraid. Uh, but sometimes we have to overcome quite a bit of hurdles in our lives is there anything that you can talk about and it, it could be musically or it can be life in general anything that you've had to overcome and i guess we can start in the the, the front and work our way to the back <laughs> which front that way <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with you how's that you spoke up first yeah That's i right. did speak up first Boom. well i guess musically starting out if I go back to the roots of playing saxophone, it's when I had a big move when I was 10 years old from Asheville, this mystic mountain town to Raleigh, where I felt like my identity just got stripped away because I was in some private school concrete jungle environment and uh, felt like a misfit. But saxophone was the thing that I picked out right away. I knew I wanted to play music and that thing looked the coolest. It sounded great. And it was a big locomotive since then. I pretty much everything in my life that I have, I can attribute to that whether it's friends growing up, other musicians to play with, my and in turn, uh, music to grow together with other people. And I think that's something that is just, it's the backbone of what I do. I literally treat it as my identity. And uh, yeah, I, I guess fast forward to the past few years, I mean, gone through quite a bit. We all did in 2020 and we came together as a tribe and that's what we did. We made music. I mean, I went insane over here at points just being like, how do we do this more? Like, this is the thing that I have going in my life that isn't completely falling apart. So, um, yeah, I guess music is always something, whether you're a listener or a musician that you can just hold on to and know that it's going to take you along for the ride. And, and now okay um what's such a good question and um and hard to think of spur of the moment so i guess all right so my life mission i feel like is to inspire which you had said i just like to inspire in some way shape or form um and music has always been there for me and so that's my tool and my vehicle 
And uh, something I've overcome in wanting to inspire uh, positivity and just and be a positive change in the world um, is had starting with myself and my each moment to moment, day to day, little whatever happens um, and how to overcome my feelings or address them, I guess, and, and help change myself in a positive way to help um, have that positive energy around that uh, spreads to each, uh, each person, um, whether it's just a smile or whatever, and just uh, to help to try to find that balance um, in each moment of the day, day by day. I guess. I don't know. That's a really good question. It's a hard one to answer. <laughs> <laughs> good answer, D-Train. Yeah, you did yeah. great. All right, Dan. Um, I think I'm, you know, I'm going to uh, kind of leave it to where personally, I've been pretty fortunate. I haven't had to go through too many personal life challenges, but, you know, being super aware and super sensitive, um, waking up every day, and seeing the balance that exists in every day, like everyday life, um, and just trying to put that positive foot forward for every person you meet, like D Train said, and try to infect everyone with a little bit of uh, a love, because it doesn't cost anything at all to be to be nice and show love and show gratitude. And I think just day by day, you know, take care, take taking care of the day in the moment takes care of the later. Um, because each day you have to overcome sometimes, you know. Um, so, yeah, maybe each day might for me might be a big thing to overcome. So I'm grateful each day I'm here and try to use each moment, each thought and each heartbeat to my best ability and uh, just show people grace, myself grace, uh, not act as judge or prosecutor or attorney. Just kind of act as that, that, that conduit for love and acceptance. So yeah, that's that's me. Right, let's go go back to the drums. For me, um, it's probably my. It's a, probably shared. It's when um, around two thousand and eight, um, my father was diagnosed with kidney failure, and um, I've only played music with my father up at the at, to this point. Um, so that was a point of of really stopping and slowing down and not getting to play as much. We played three days a week. Um, and then it went to him not being able to do anything for himself and doing dialysis and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, that went to like from a hundred to nothing. But through that whole time, he never stopped putting his guitar down even by himself and in his room and being in his studio. Um, so seeing him, get his new kidney and then see music push him right through his healing process when all the doctors would say how are you getting so how are you doing so well so fast mr lynn and he's like, oh you know i just play my music and keep going and um keeps his spirits up you know so and by the time he started getting better we were starting to have some shows come along he felt better to start booking some shows again and you could see it really start to heal him and then heal us together as well um, so yeah, those are a really powerful time in my life right there was that for sure. And a, and a really healing time to see how strong music is 
and how uplifting it is. So it helps us spread the message for for the next for the next time. And Danny's still rocking the day. Yeah, big up his dad from the studio. Yeah, yeah, he's still playing to this day. We got a show next month. Yep. And to see him transform once again when he's on stage. I mean, like everyone's saying, we play music with Danny and it energizes us, but to see him really come to life is amazing to watch as well. Josh's dad's from Jamaica. He's a, he's an authentic Jamaican uh, songwriter. He's been doing it before all of us, except maybe Jay and Bernard were born. <laughs> uh, moved here in 1966. And the band's called Salem. They're great songwriting. Um, it's a little plug, yeah. little plug for his band. <laughs> yeah, during the 90s, he's had the band for over 40 years. But um, during the 90s, one of his, uh, my favorite reggae drummer that he ever had passed away. Um, so I was about eight then. So that was the first time that I ever had the courage to get on stage. He jacked me up for um, a, during his tribute for this drummer. So, yeah, he's had me doing it for a long time for him. But I mean, there's no other person I'd rather do it with, for sure. Exactly. I cherish those times so much. And Josh's mom is Hawaiian, so Josh has a lot of... She's not Hawaiian. Did you know? I thought she was. <laughs> no, I said Good I thing you up next. Hey, she's like totally Irish or something. I thought like, she was Hawaiian. Hey, Bernard, I'm not your story. My story is... Uh, can you get that gap tape down? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ethnicity's confused. But at any rate... No, I'd say one of the overcoming uh, overcoming something throughout my musical life was probably, you know, the the idea of trying to be a rock star or something. It's like trying to make some kind of goal out of music. And that's like, you know, that's one that I think a lot of musicians go through at some level, whether they want to be a classical uh, pianist, which I decided I didn't want to be. I wanted to be uh, do audio technology and, technology and just kind of minor in piano, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, changing the reason why you really want to play music and the healing aspect and the, the joy it brings to people is just so overwhelming, you know? Um, but, but other than that, musically, like technically, I'd say that joining these guys has been fun for me because uh, I've always been more of a classical pianist trained that sort of way into prog rock and that sort of thing. And so things are really technical and a certain way. And so, leading or you know uh you know doing improv in general never came i was like a fish out of water i always felt i always felt like i didn't really feel comfortable with it uh and that sort of thing so uh these guys playing with these guys for years now has really helped me overcome that fear or not really fear but just total uncomfort and discomfort of trying to make up some kind of lead and and, and really not worry about it like one of our songs there's no matter yeah no matter don't worry about it don't think about it you know enjoy it and and feel the love and the joy that you bring to others so yeah all right well i guess it comes to me now you want to hear what yours is yeah i'm looking forward to this one a little while mine's always run off of a dream and uh i grew up in a whole town where uh Let's just say it's a good southern town. And uh, I grew up, you know, on all the typical 70s classic rocks of the South and all that stuff. But uh, I was lucky to have family in California who influenced me on, you know, different styles of music and stuff. And uh, of course, Grateful Dead was one of them. But I went through a big journey before I got there. And then once I got there, you know, I kind of knew that when I first heard the dead and how clear they were live, that was what I was about. You know what I mean? I was trying to reproduce that. And 
luckily I hooked up with a band that let me, you know, kind of learn with them and build up and we traveled for years and that led to this band. And by then I'd already, you know, had the video stuff going and all that and the recording part of it. But, you know, I always just believe in the dream. I've always said, you know, if you, if you stop digging for the diamond, it's just a foot away and somebody else is there to grab it. You know what I mean? And so you've got to keep digging. You can't never give up. You know what I mean? You just got to, because it's fun, you know, and I'm lucky that, you know, we're in a group that really love what we do. You know, we really respect how each other plays and ideas and things like that, because most of our ideas are, you know, in the moment. It's not like they're planned out in any way, shape or form. And then uh, it's just really nice to be able to be in something like this, you know, and especially later on in age like I am, I'm really lucky to be able to keep on rocking and doing the things that we do. And, you know, it teaches me stuff each and every day, that's for sure. So I'm always learning still, keeps the mind fresh, you know, and all that good stuff. And, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely fun. Uh, I'm definitely the, I guess, the elder of the bunch. But uh, He's old, man. I call him dad. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he gives us allowance if we're real good. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's real good. We all got uh, new microphones for Christmas. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I said, without being able to play an instrument, this is a blessing to be able to have guys that, you know, can do what they do and, uh, Makes me look really good, I'll tell you. <laughs> and we're going to leave it with Ned here. Okay. The, the best for last. Yeah. Right. This would go so many different ways. <laughs> yeah. I've had, I've had quite a few obstacles, you know, on this journey. Um, taking a leap of faith, moving up here in 2005 after, you know, I had a comfortable Caribbean band I played with in Chapel Hill I could have stayed with. I knew I could find another group of people to play with. I just had confidence that I'd find the right people. And job blessed me, and I met Dennis. And um, But I'd say the most recent obstacle for me personally, I had an incident because I love this plant, the marijuana plant, cannabis. And Never heard of it. This plant caused me <laughs> to go to court one too many times. And I they sent me to summer camp one summer, 2011. And in the midst of that summer, I had a revelation that the alcohol I was drinking was really keeping me from playing the music I wanted to play. And all of a sudden, without any forethought, I just was done drinking. And I must say, ever since I removed the alcohol from my yeah appetite, um, I've really excelled playing music. I've loved music. I've picked up another instrument, started playing it. Um, Writing songs? Yeah, writing, writing more songs, songs now. Writing great songs. So if you feel like alcohol or anything is, is keeping you, holding you back, um, listen to that. You might get a life-changing moment, and those are the moments to take a hold of and change your life. So I give thanks every day because just getting out of bed can be something to overcome for many people. So that. being able to yeah. get out of bed and get up and stretch, you know, that's a blessing. And, you know, I consider myself a great vegetarian. And it's no joke. I give thanks just being able to breathe in this moment, having this opportunity with you, telling these stories, being with these folks. It's quite a blessing. It's magnificent. So thank you once again. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate this moment. Yeah, oh, 
Oh, it's a blessing for me as well. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I'm glad you mentioned about the alcohol. Um, I was 36 and I was such an alcoholic that I ha- had a heart attack. Oh, oh my no. God. 36. Oh, yep. see? That was That's uh, moment, isn't it? almost 17 years ago, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Good for you, man. Kind of like the nose candy a little too much, too. So. Yeah, yeah that, that was a problem I had too, but it seemed to go away when I quit drinking. It's like all of a sudden I was making better choices. <laughs> right. Well, let me ask you because I, I I used to barbecue all the time. And when I barbecued, I had to have a drink in my hand. And I find myself not barbecuing as much because I, I think about the alcohol, even though I don't want I it. I think these uh, look, this is like a soda water um LaCroix this is Waterloo it's just straight soda water with a little citric acid to get it flavoring there's no Mm. sodium there's no sugar I can drink 12 of these things and it's like no problem he does drink 12 and I do yeah when I I quit drinking beer which was my you know choice I was like perishing for something and then my wife brought home these soda water cans and literally you can drink 12 of these things and just go to the bathroom uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't lose my keys. I don't wake up in bad situations. And it's it goes like, great with barbecue. Wake up in bad yeah. situations is not funny. Yeah, there's there's some other things that still go good with barbecue. So it's all you know, whatever you can find that helps you out. That's not hurtful. Yeah, you switch one habit for another, right? That's yeah, right. If it's not hurtful, you know, you want to be healthy as you can be. <laughs> yeah, I I can't say that mine was any more healthier because I I love chewing tobacco too much. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but I, I still love cannabis. So I must say, cannabis helped me actually with the alcohol because I found that I really prefer just to smoke a little cannabis than mm-hmm. the to be you know the alcohol made me feel more out of control. Where um, cannabis kind of puts you more in a state of mind where you're more sensitive. You're, you feel actually more in control sometimes. Yeah. Oh, as a band, do y'all all try to stay away from the alcohol or? How's no, that, no, how's that still drink stuff, but I'm... We play at breweries and they offer you beers. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I mean, I don't mind being around it. I'm kind of like a fan because those people pay us. So. He's, he still brings us beer. Yeah, I, I so, get only save beer. I just get it and give it to other actually, people. Actually, almost half the band doesn't drink. Yeah, we have like uh, Tim does a good sober side that doesn't drink. Yeah, alcohol. he doesn't drink either. Drink. And so I was one that just never drank. All the drinkers can have a designated driver that does drink. So it was easy for me to go around. And I always said, you know, back in the day when people were smoking cigarettes and bars and stuff, I'd say, you know. I've been secondhand smoking since birth. Yeah, you know, me too. I probably came out and the doctor was smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in the <laughs> South, you know, they fed us back, back then, man. It was just a woo tobacco. But uh, mm-hmm. I just never was into tobacco or alcohol for some reason. And uh, that, 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 that's a weird journey there. But uh, I think it's just kind of per member, too. I appreciate Nettie sharing, you know, more personal side of things, but. We obviously all have personal stuff going on in our lives, and this is such a sacred space where we can show up, A, not be judged for it, and B, just come here for the music. And whatever you want to bring along the way is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally don't even smoke right now, and I'm in two reggae bands, but that's just because of my journey and what I'm going through. And the the 
things I'm trying to find clarity in. So we support, not judge. That's yeah, it. yeah, exactly. I'll tell you, my biggest inspiration, I guess, is my grandchildren. I don't want to subject my grandchildren to what I subjected my kids to when I was such an alcoholic. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Changes everything. Time is precious at this point. You need to have every day you can being, I mean, we have a choice to get up, you know, and be positive or whatever. But, you know, my choice is to get up and try to have the best day I can possibly have because, you know, you never know. You never know. I've lost a lot of soldiers along the way. So, you know, we're blessed each and every. I think we kind of have accountability just playing music together too. We all show up and know that we got each other's support. And every Tuesday, every Sunday. It's a, it's a tribe. It's a fellowship. We're friends too. We actually yeah. get along pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> we do hang out. Yes. Yeah. We do stuff outside of here actually. Nobody yeah. rides in a separate bus. Yeah. If we have one, I would just because I want a separate <laughs> bus, but with these guys. Do we have a bus? <laughs> Soon we're gonna get one for me. You guys are next. <laughs> we get the we get a van. Yeah, you get a van. And you can take your own car. So we can just drive up to the hot spot and back because we don't go on tour. So yeah, yeah. All right, it'll be all a virtual tour. So who's who's the one that gets picked on the most? Oh he's so sweet a lot we call him sweet B. yeah his nicknames are he sweet. doesn't know but he he he, he gives he it back he is very good at dealing yeah. it back with yeah. us so he's a he's a he's a good jokester <laughs> oh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you saying i say you'd be next like, um, i would make you laugh he's also the one that falls asleep on the couch at the studio so and they can get up and write a killer killer piano lick right after right that after I mean, a nap. just jump up and yeah just, the naps are important i'm not cutting on them yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i i never thought that i'd be taking naps but you know being a, a pawpaw I look forward to nap time. Oh, yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> Usually happens to me after I eat. You know, the food coma hits. The next thing, I'm trying to fight it. Next thing I know, no. In Bernard's defense, though, he usually shows up here like during the wintertime after just hitting the ski slopes and stuff. So he'll be, he'll be beat. Yeah, yeah he'll torn himself up all day, all day long. Day. Yeah. Sir, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying, I think a good. You know, we all have things we bring, not only musically, but we bring uh, like personally. And, uh, you know, we don't pick on anyone, but we do have a lot of fun. And we cut up pretty hard. And and this guy brings it pretty funny sometimes. This guy makes me pee my pants all the time. Joshua, when he does come up with one, it's usually like over the top great. And so I think joy is something the band shares, which is just the shows on stage. Like people tell us, like, when you guys look like you're having a good time up there. Like you might actually enjoy what you're doing. And we full joy it, you know, we full joy just now, just being here, just, you know, cutting up and talking to you, Kyle. Um, the same thing goes whenever we're together. It's just a good compassion we share, a good brotherhood, gentlemen. That's it. Yeah. Right. We're Power right. Rangers unite. Power Rangers unite. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I know y'all like, you know, to just jam and improvise, but there is there any plans to make any kind of concept album in the future? Ooh, always, oh, yeah, yes. we always do that. Yeah, uh, there's always everything on the table. Those are my favorite to make, by the way. I yeah. love to put 
background nuances and things like that into albums and lost treasure. stuff you have to hear in special ways, you know what I mean? You just, you know, I would say the concentration time our album we put out, yeah, that uh, from a songwriting perspective, that does it's very thematic, uh, it's fixed to a theme, you know, and scenarios that kind of encompass one another. Um, and was all those songs were all written, uh, more more with the band input aside from me writing songs at home and bringing them here and so there's a concept in there um but yeah we we improvise but there is there is structure i mean there, believe it or not there's like songs and there's bridges and there's intros and outros and stuff but what we have is a thing called uh jumping points so you'll get to a certain point in in the in the process of the song and and that's our jumping spot where we we're going to jump off and hang in a certain area and support each other and then we're going to land back on the pad and get back to the format. So I think that kind of separates us from just full on like going out there and winging it. Like we do have, uh, believe it or not, like structured material, which helps us really put in some some fun um, improv stuff based on the melody, based on, you know, Jason will play a melody or Ned will play a melody or based on Josh's hi-hat rhythm you know we're all just kind of tease a song tease a song in there but but come back to the song always and i and i think a lot of the um improv with the videos and broadcasting and um always having that live recording came from when 2020 hit the pandemic we were used to playing live a lot and we needed to find that a new output for that. So we tried to incorporate what we already do in the studio and how to broadcast that in and build our media presence, which we've never done before. And so we've been doing that and learning how to bring our live show any 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 scenario that you can. And so now we have that and we can do some we've been doing some live releases, but then we now could possibly have time to come back and do concept albums or uh, re-record some uh, songs that we've been writing along the way and want some structure to and and just build an album from either live shows or that could be a concept album in itself is just each live show uh, has its own flavor. Um, so I think that's just where it's kind of steered from is from 2020 and having to find a new outlook and that new outpost. And so we just threw a whole bunch of cards and been playing a bunch of, bunch of decks. And now, you know, you, you brought up the concept album, which we could do, you know, um, and we can come back to that now. I just wrote one. I just wrote the concept album. We're good. We got it. All right. You're going (laughs) Something else cool. Just wrote it. It's a good one. Something else cool that kind of happened in the past few years is, um, you know, Dennis writes ninety-five percent of our music at least, but there's always the freedom for someone else to bring something to the table. Or a song gets written backwards. We we wrote one during the pandemic where saxophone is almost the lead voice, and then there's solos of vocals. So Nettie brings songs to the table on his melodica, and then there's songs written around around the melodica. Bernard wrote a song, has his own song. Our the guitar player, like Jay mentioned, he's got songs. So we kind of all have the ability to to bring that to the table, and that's good freedom. As a band, do y'all have 
a favorite theme as far as the songwriting goes or is kind of an individual flavor? This guy can write it off of just saying something to him. Sometimes I'll be talking to him and then he'll be singing a song and I'll go, that's just what I was talking to him about. It's like fishing, Kyle. You got to keep casting. You got to always be casting before you catch that fish, you know? If you don't mm-hmm. go to the fishing hole, you're never going to catch a fish. So I'm, I live at the fishing hole. I'm always in the fishing hole, you know, thinking about lyrics and songs. But it's always there. Like everything that someone says has to go through my, my brain and process. Can this fit into a song, band name, some joke? And then it can be filtered out joke, through there. Jokes included. Jokes included, yeah. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you don't have like a favorite kind of theme that you like to write, like a love song or anything like that oh, sit there what, what life is bringing in the moment um and not just in our own lives but in the in the world um and what we experience in a collective that we might be chit-chatting about or 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 whatever incident uh whatever it might bring up i like to write about stuff you know for me when i write stuff i like to uh put it disguise it as uh, describe it too as nature and then there's a there's a there's a relationship a metaphor i'm making to something else in life mm-hmm. but um so a lot of nature themes you know and i like writing about the rain and the wind and snow and the mountains and the rivers and the tides and the currents all that stuff that makes the world go around, you know, the moon, sun, stars, and all that good stuff. And, and as part of that theme, it seems like a lot of it is encouraging and uplifting. Always, and that's yeah. one of the things that is really, I think, attracts a lot of a lot of folks to the band um, because of that. I think that's a, a key. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sesame Street. I was raised on it in the late '70s, and they had this big track. Sing, sing a joyful song, make it happy, make the world go round, and that's what we try to do. Yeah. Totally, yeah. And if something stands in the way of that, we'll, we aren't afraid to kind of address it, but once again, not in a political standpoint. We're not yeah. going there. Yeah, no politics but, but you know, tragedy, yeah. and what's it going to be? You know, these are things that we want to make sure that we put the music behind, too. Well, it's great that you're bringing positivity in the world. And yes, I remember that on Sesame Street, sing, sing a song. And I, I also remember Karen Carpenter singing that song. So really, uh, that's I think. My other, while we're talking about it, my other jam from Sesame Street is they'd have all the kids in the boxes, right? And they'd all be doing something like one of these kids <laughs> is doing his own thing. One of the <laughs> Kids is not the same, and I always wanted to be the kid who was not the same. Whatever reason, I was like, "Oh, it's me. That's the one over here. I'm gonna be definitely not completely different." Whatever. You sure that was an electric company? You know, I could, it, it's hazy. Hey, I couldn't pick it up where I Company. Those those a long time ago, Kyle. But I'm gonna research. We're gonna Google it afterwards. When I go to the big city of Charlotte. I would be able to watch uh, Electric Company and Sesame Street. So well, where I live, it was really fuzzy. So well, we, we we dialed in to one of the clearest things. Yeah, <laughs> so see. I, didn't see as much. I came into it years later when my daughter was born, and then I did the Sesame Street world for sure. You know, <laughs> all this stuff, man. Uh-huh. I, I can say I remember Morgan Freeman starting on the Electric Company. So oh, wow. that's how long ago that was. 
<laughs> We're going to wash the electric company after our session. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite on Sesame Street was Menomina. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they also did have uh, that cool uh, opening scene with the, um, the uh, what's that called, Ned? The uh, little, uh pinball machine. Pinball machine. One, two, four, five, five six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That was psychedelic, by the way. Yeah. Very psychedelic. That, that, that and um, the schoolhouse Jeez. rock was rocking too for me going Oh yeah. That's okay. You can mention that song. <laughs> man i could see we could talk about our childhoods for a long time oh yeah we could go yeah, no yes. here. that's all that leads to today and we wouldn't be who we are today exactly. us, that's for sure Thanks, and, uh, yes i i miss growing up in the 70s dude i miss that oh yeah i yeah. i did myself um i just turned 60 by the way so it's 420 in dog years yeah, <laughs> I know they accomplished something. And so, you guys have a website? Um, yes. Yeah. We'll let Jason do all of our. Yes, it's chawa c h a l w a roots dot com, and on there you can find our wet our, uh, our radio station. Anything is either going to be under Chawa Music or Chawa Roots, whether on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. All those fun things. Um, but shawaroots.com will take you to the main hub for all that stuff. And we will be live tonight on YouTube after we do this interview. We'll go yeah, we'll live. be on a live stream. We'll probably have to wait about 15 minutes. We'll, we'll yeah. probably get, get one going here before too much longer. But we're live on the internet every Tuesday. And then our Sunday shows, we broadcast those on if location. If we can, yeah. yeah. And we we can turn a concrete pad into a full studio. It's it's the most fun ever. Dennis mentioned we all kind of bring pieces of the puzzle together, and that's very true with our live setup. We all bring our instruments, our rigs. Jay brings sound, video. We we piece it all together so we can build a complete multi-camera live studio on the spot. So it's fun to take take to the different places. Okay, so the YouTube link that Billy sent me is that the same one that you do yeah, your yeah. live feed on? Okay. That is. I want to add that into the description so people can just click on it and That's find y'all. Thank you. Well, we'd love to thank Glass Onion and Billy for yeah. sure for yeah, turning us on to you. And uh, hopefully we can hang out again sometime. Yeah, thanks for uh, yeah. Uh, giving us the opportunity to ramble on on, on the uh, interweb. And um, hopefully share some positive vibes, Kyle. It's been really nice chatting with you. Thanks yeah. for doing what you thanks, do. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. And also want to thank all you folks out there. If you are new to the channel, I hope you'll come back. Hit that subscribe button. And for my regulars, you guys rock because you make it possible for me to do this. Until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God yeah. bless and peace. Thank you so much.